Hello, everyone. This is Theo from Making It Make Sense with Isaiah, Jasper, and Theo. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And listen up for new episodes every Friday. Follow us on Instagram and leave us a comment at Making It Make Sense, IJT, or email us at Making It Make Sense with IJT at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Making It Make Sense with Isaiah, Jasper, and Theo. Today, we're going to talk about black cinema films that, um, or, you know, black films that um, made us understand and appreciate our blackness. Mm-hmm. Um, yay, yay, yay. Black Ooh, power. Black power. <laughs> yes. Black power. Oh, I, I just love a, I love a, I love a black film that just... Speaks it just sits in soul. yes, it just sits in your soul, and it's like putting on a warm blanket. <laughs> so yeah. I I grew up in the nineties, um, mm-hmm. and I grew up in a home where I didn't um, there was no English, so we only spoke um, Spanish, mm-hmm. and I was very everything in my home home was very Latin driven, food, um, music, television. Mm-hmm. So I had to go on a self discovery of like, you know, understanding the African-American experience and black in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, we didn't watch like Minister Society. I didn't have the luxury of like watching, you know, that black film or John Singleton films or films of that nature in my home. I discovered those a little later on. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, the black film that made me realize and appreciate and love and embrace my blackness even more was... Uh, Malcolm X. He stole my movie. I was gonna say that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. No, it was in my living in my brain. Uh, I love so that. I had read the Alex Haley autobiography. Mm-hmm. By that time, I think I read it two to three times already. Because uh, I am obsessed with Malcolm X. If you, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I saw the film and I read the book, it just you know I wanted to personify Malcolm X in terms of the way that he spoke with authority, with dignity, and without fear. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the way that I speak, that is who I'm mimicking. <laughs> really? You do yes. have a very pronounced and very specific diction. And <laughs> that makes sense. That <laughs> tracks. No, no, this is my American, this is my idol. Okay, I worship at the temple of Malcolm X. And I dissected that autobiography. And I also went and looked up research and journals on Malcolm X to understand. Like, I, I, I literally had an, I did a biopsy on his persona, on his development and his growth. And the number one thing that I picked up is just, you know, be black, be proud, and how to constantly um, put that out there. And and he, because he was just so intelligent and so smooth. And so he was, you know, he is the man that I wanted to be. And I think I did a good job. I am like Michael. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you emulate him. I emulate Malcolm X in everything. When I started emulating him, and then Denzel Washington did a fucking great job. Like I've seen Malcolm X documentaries. I have seen I I in in my iPod when I'm feeling down and I need to pick me up. I have a ton of Malcolm X speeches. When I'm running on the treadmill, I listen to Malcolm X speeches that they fuel me. They make me um, like speeches from 1964, 1960, 1969. Mm -hmm. And they fueled me mentally and intellectually and just constantly a reminder that my black is the shit. Being black, I'd rather be nothing in this world. I just want to be black. And he personified that so well. And and then the you know when he was a black Muslim, and then when he co converted and became a Sunni Muslim and had his pilgrimage, and he understand the he understood the reality of Islam. And yeah, you know Malcolm X is such a great black American icon, and everything about him, and the movie and the book that I actually read the book seven to eight times. Ooh. I. I he just made me feel so proud of being black and I'm glad that he's getting he has gotten and he continues to get the recognition that he deserves amen <laughs> like, amen and we're done <laughs> no that black film and I watch Malcolm X every, I don't have regular TV but when I used to have regular TV every time that movie came on I stopped what I was doing and I'll sit there and watch it as if it was the first time so what about you, Jasper? Um, Since I stole your film, um, Isaiah, I, I said you go, you, you can go. I'm still, still thinking. So, <laughs> well, good thing I'm prepared. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, uh, the first movie. So obviously, you know, I grew up watching, and not all the time. Like, don't get me wrong. So, like, you know, you had your you know, your black comedies and your black dramas, you know, so your your Eve's by your Eve Bayou and your, you know, your New Jack Cities and your, you know, movies that I technically wasn't wasn't really allowed to watch in the age frame that I was in at the time that they arrived in theaters, right? <laughs> um and so I couldn't really, you know, or I was too young to to comprehend and things of that nature. But I also grew up, you know, like with some black struggle films, you know, your black struggle films, your, your, or, you know, um, or series, your roots, your, you know, the color purple and stuff like that. But oh. that was more history based and knowledge based. Oh my and God, just, you just hit me with the color purple. Don't play with me. Okay. <laughs> like, all right. Like the color purple, like I still every time, and I'm sure I speak for, for a large group of people when I say I still cry every time I watch that movie. Aww. I fucking hate Danny Glover just because oh, of that. It, it was very hard to come out of like, like I had Sam's. It was very hard to come out of that in other roles with him. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, look at Mr. When he yeah. was a lethal weapon, like a look at Mr. Pretending Mr. to be Okay, a that right. It was like he got, like that stayed in my like he lived in that role for me, like for a long time. So, um, so it started with a lot, you know, the the black struggle films. But then you had your, you know, Boys in the Hood and your Above the Rim and and stuff like that. And then I ended up leaning more towards 
you're celebrating black families and black love and black friendship type films. Oh, I know where you're going. So, okay, so. Soul food is what started that for me. Okay, you already know because I feel like I feel like there's a there's a space for and again we are not a monolith, but there is a space that some of us live in where we're just like so like let's celebrate like the black friendship and the black love and the black family, and soul food was that for me and, and the soul black food matriarch. And the black matriarch, yes. And the funny thing about, so uh, starting with soul food, also adding in waiting to exhale and then brown sugar. Okay, because even though I love love and basketball, brown sugar is my love and basketball. Mm. Just, that's just my, um, one of the things I love from each of these movies is they're celebrating a different aspect of black culture that I feel like, someone from the outside, from outside of our culture in that way, doesn't often get to see, I feel like, in the media. Not as much. So, like, soul food, like, you know, that's about the Black matriarch and the Black family and all of the the dynamics that come with that. And for me, that very much, especially at the time, um, and not all of the little nuances, like, I mean, listen, to my knowledge, ain't nobody in my family was a... was sleeping with their cousin, you know, in-law was sleeping with the cousin. Like, you know, I, again, I don't know. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's have been the case. But anyway, but I felt very much like soul food emulated what, like the, the structure of my family kind of at the time. And so I felt like I was able to relate to it a lot, especially to the character of Ahmad, because I had... Um, I think I can speak for my cousins in this way too. Like, you know, we all had a really special relationship with my grandmother and, um, and she was the matriarch, you know what I mean? And so it was very, I very much felt like, wow, like, I feel like I'm seeing like my family on screen for the first time. Like, I really relate to this. I love, you know, the depictions of, you know, the Sunday dinners that bring that bring everyone together. And, you know, and some of the mess that happens at family events, because listen, one thing about us, there's going to be some mess at a family event. <laughs> and not all the time, like, it might be not be like out loud, but like, it might be like a little shade, you know, like somebody says something about somebody's cousin, like, or, you know, like, or whatever. Oh, hey, girl, I, don't, I do not like her, like, or whatever. And little stuff, little nuances and funny things like that, that just can be found in that movie and can be found in a myriad of Black families. And so I loved that about that movie. It's very... It's calming to me to watch, you know. Um, I actually haven't watched it in like a few months because obviously I watched it a few months ago. But like, um, and then waiting to exhale, shoot, waiting to execute. <laughs> oh, child, listen. I still. That's another like like emotional song for me. <laughs> that's an emotional song for me. I love that. So my mom, my mom loves Whitney Houston, like. I mean, we all do, but like, I, so when I was a kid, um, and like, mom, don't kill me for telling people this, but like, my mom has a really lovely singing voice, and so she used to sing a lot, you know, when I was a kid and stuff, just if we were driving around together, or... Your mom has a good singing voice? She has a nice singing voice, absolutely, and so, um, so I love, and I loved, like, just, you know, like, she wasn't like a... 
like she would sing like, you know, in the car or, you know, like if we're, she's, you know, in the house and, you know, doing some cleaning and like, she's one of those passive singers, like kind of thing. And um, so waiting to exhale for me gave me a look into black, not just black friendship, but black female friendship. And I hadn't, not that I hadn't seen it before because I saw it in my mother and her friendships, but it gave me a little, it kind of like behind the, behind the veil a little bit to see like what those friendships look like, um, what the black female experience is like. And I loved that the setting was somewhere that I wasn't expecting. So like, I didn't expect Arizona to, you know, have been the, the setting for this story. Um, and also just, I mean, like, yeah, first black off, people living in Arizona. That's right. That was my perception. You know, I, especially at the time that I said, well, wow. Oh, okay. This is new. Um, the soundtrack was phenomenal. I also have to say the same thing of soul food and let's just keep it a buck. Most, most of the soundtracks for black films what are like, wow, are they like chef's are, kiss. Oh my God. Yes, like Chef's Kiss for all of them. No, no, um, um, uh, and waiting to excel. You know what song that made me like gave me shivers? What's that? Um, the Mama song. Oh, and Ooh. count on me through things. Oh my God, Cece, isn't that that Cece Winans and Whitney, right? Yes, yes. Oh. I one time was listening to it on tape, and I'm like, why am I crying? <laughs> Because it's so emotional. And that's the thing about the entire, that whole soundtrack, Not Gonna Cry by Mary J. Blige. Mm. Okay? Because you know Bernadette was done wrong. Okay? But like, or Bernadine. Did I say Bernadine? I'm sorry. How old were you when this movie came out? Because you, you know what I'm thinking now? We ain't had no business watching this. Watch show. it. Yes. So that's the other thing. So really, I wasn't supposed to be watching. So, you know, like, but, you know, I think I was, God. So this was in the, the late 90s. For specifically for those two movies, so like in the middle, like right, like, mid nineties, yeah, yeah. Uh, so how were our young minds? Uh, I wonder now, um, oh, processing yeah. all this adult emotional trauma. Well, we processing it, we were just enjoying the content, enjoying the content, <laughs> <laughs> and that's. The, but the thing is, and I, and again, like I won't speak for everyone, but like for me, um, I was eleven. Like okay, like. Sorry, y'all. I know we like center and blackness, but like just for a quick, you know, real honest here, transparency. So when I was like 11, I was watching like Felicity. Okay. And this is a a show about like, you know, predominantly white, you know, there was, there was one uh, black character that I love, but like um, played by Tangie Miller, heel girl, Um, Tangie Miller, but um, she's amazing. But like, um, that was a college, a show about college age kids that I was watching at 11 years old and not to like toot my own horn, but like, I will say like, I had a, I was super cerebral as a kid anyway. So like, I just like had like an understanding of, I hadn't experienced those things yet, but I had like a, I feel like I had like a really, a really solid understanding of the dynamics of characters and stuff like that or whatever. Um, And that probably was also because like, as an only child from my mom, like, I had a lot of time that I got to spend in my head, like, you know, and stuff like that. So, but anyway, yeah, to your point, watching, you know, 
watching those movies and the complexity of those and, and taking it in at that age, I agree with Jasper too. Like we were also just really enjoying the content. Um, and I think there was th this familiarity to it. Like, oh, these are people that look like us. These are people that are having experiences that we're probably eventually going to have. You can relate, especially like to soul food. Like you can, oh, you can yeah. also relate like, oh, we were talking about something like that at the Thanksgiving table. Yeah, oh, we were having family dinner. Right. No, we will not. I'm not gonna relate to that because I was. We were not talking, talking about affairs and. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> like, we not, not I didn't even know what an affair was like when they were arguing. Like a lot of the times, we would argue over um, the dinner table. Like, mm -hmm. no, that's not what I said. You know, we would have arguments, so I can relate to that aspect right, right. of having an yeah. argument over the yeah. dinner table. During and they the would. Time. And did you ever notice, like adults would kind of? And that's why I say I really related to Ahmad's character in in Soul Food because. Uh, there were times too when adults would speak around an issue, ooh, so you ooh, could ooh. tell there was a something, there was tension, or something was going on. But like from the way that Ahmad was narrating it in the movie in Soul Food, you could tell from his perspective he didn't totally understand why. Mm -hmm. So this relative was so your movie. You saying that Soul Food and waiting waiting to exhale. To exhale. And I also want to add as a much shorter one. Brown sugar. That one was more of a that came out in the early 2000s though. So yeah. that was, you know, like more me going into high school. But that was kind of a I like to look at it as like a trilogy of those three movies for me that impacted the way I saw my blackness. How about you, Jasper? Y'all said a mouthful so far. Uh, I know because we're very in uh, inspirational. Yeah, it's like y'all <laughs> very inspired. I'm like, ooh, y'all, y'all said y'all said a million movies that I had in, but was in my brain. Like, I'm like oh no, yeah, so I'm having to uh, construct my whole thought process now and, and into what films I can say. Um, for for one, um, one film mm -hmm. I have uh that I can say uh, inspired me uh, a, a lot was um, Lean on Me. The story of Lean on Me, you know, seeing a, a black man, you know, take on such a, 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 a leadership role and uh, entering these lives of these of these kids and helping them believe helping them to believe in themselves because they didn't think they could do any better than what the environment they were around. So him coming in there, this character, Joe Clark coming in and mm -hmm. um I'm really shaking it up because the school, because the school and the story, the school was really, really running down. Had gang violence and all these gang members and people that were really destroying the school. So he came in there and really just, you know, pushed for for better uh, supplies, books, and stuff. And because he wanted wanted his people to have a better better education, they wanted them to have a chance to succeed. And so I enjoyed seeing that element on 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 screen because you know they're not they're they're. A, a plethora of, of films that showcase or talk about um, education, but they're not many. So this particular film um, really focused on the education part, especially pertaining to Black people. Like I was saying, Lean on Me is a film that I enjoyed. Um, one of the films I enjoyed as a child watching um, because it, it um, focused on the education system, um, you know, because there are not many films, you know, um, that really highlight the education system in that level, in that level, um, as far as Black people and you know, and schools that are not funded or getting the funds to be able to allow uh, Black students to achieve and to succeed and have the same opportunities as their white counterparts and peers. So this film really highlighted that 
you know, this black man, Joe Clark, coming to this, coming into the school to make mm-hmm. things happen and make changes happen for for these black students and, and make them believe they can achieve that they can be somebody because you seen you had a pregnant girl in the film, you had a student who was who was getting pulled into the gang world in the film, and he mm-hmm. pulled them out of those worlds and made them believe they can do something with their lives. No, he, he also had a kid that was. One of them was smoking crack. Crack, yeah. I mean, all, yeah. I, I was all kinds of all kinds I'm of like, different elements in the film. So like he was able to come everybody. In. He get everybody, you know, and and so he came in and really um, uh, changed things. He really took the school and uprooted it. And of course, it, it, people and certain people had issues with what he was doing in his methods, but those methods working and helped the school and helped those students finish. He helped those students realize they can't achieve things outside of their environment and what they're in their in the normalities of what they grew up in because they all grew up in impoverished environments and grew up believing that this is what the world that the world they were living in was only where they were going to see. So mm-hmm. he helped them see outside of that and he helped them, you know, they did they helped them with their test scores, helped them, you know, really, really break through in this film. So I enjoyed that. Um mm-hmm. and you all y'all also said like a lot of films that I enjoy Waiting to Excel, one of my favorites um I love that. films. Um I, I love seeing black women of all shades, all sizes mm-hmm. on screen being being um Treated equally, and I love seeing Loretta Devine look and be and be um look as a sex symbol in the film because yes. this man left out her beauty. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. Willie's character, it wasn't Lila Rashawn's character, it was mm-hmm. Loretta's character. I love that. Um, Me too. Uh, I also love um, Hairspray because I love the dynamics between the the, the dark skinned girls and the light skinned girls. And the, oh my God, the my husband loves that movie. The, the well, wait, but the, which Hairspray? No, I said school days. I'm school days. Oh, I oh, I would. You, if you, yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, my husband loves that movie. School days. School days. With the Spike Lee film. That's where I learned the word. That's a good. That's the first time I heard that word. You know, with the you know the light skinned girls and the dark skinned girls. I love the the whole. You know, we got to see like this is what this is what it's like. This is real. Like this is what goes on. It's going still going on between those two these women. Light skinned girls think they're prettier and better than dark skinned women. Their hair is seen to be straighter and prettier than the dark skinned girls. Or hair is considered napping and, and, and not able to be kept up. So I love the element. I love seeing that. And I love seeing finally bring us together and showcase like this is what this is what goes on in the real world. Um, uh, you know, I, I I love I'm a bio person, so I love bio films as well. And one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorite bio films is What's Love Got to Do with It because I love Angela Bassett. Uh-huh role in that film. I love the fact that she was that she showcased like you can you can you you can break through you can go through abuse you can go through traumas yes. and still break through and still become a superstar and there was Tina's story like she went through so much in her life and Angela embodies that and she really should have got an Oscar she really should have she really because she embodied the essence of Tina in this film she 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 gave me chills and Lawrence did an amazing job as her ex-husband like they really brought those characters to life for me and so I enjoy Films like that, because I enjoy seeing our black actors take on these roles and bring these stories to life and really showcase, you know, that you know the people that we see, these singers or celebrities, they that they're human people. They deal with human things outside of the limelight. So mm-hmm. I enjoy that. I um, enjoy seeing that. So I love films. I, I'm a bio film. I love watching films that are, uh, you know, that that tell stories of people that we read about or that we feel about. So like Malcolm X, I like. Said earlier, that's what the one film he took for me, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed this film as a kid. I love Malcolm X, he's my hero. I just, I, I am a Malcolm X fan. Like, I, I, 
his whole story, what you live by, what you still by, is what I I I I um aspire to be and what I I I aspire to embody in myself because he was a a powerful man, a great man, and he yep. was a great leader. Um, I mean, <laughs> and a good looker too. He was a fine man too. But we gonna, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> don't go, don't go there, bitch. <laughs> wow. Yes, but you know, but you know, so I, 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 you know, so I think you know, and for me, like you know, growing up, and I grew up in the um, early nineties. I was born ninety one, so I grew up in the early nineties. I grew up in the era of all these great classic films and watching them as a child, like you said. Uh, like I said, like you said earlier, like you know, as a child, you watch these films and you watching the content. And I was understanding as a child, like what you really watching, because we should I shouldn't watch none of these films. You shouldn't have seen half the films we talked about um, as kids. But you know, it was it was a it was a, a you know we got to see this content and we got to learn from it. Because I think as we got older and we look back on and watch films, watch these films now, we actually were taught lessons in each film that we Amen. played. So, there we go. Because you know what? Because I I am. I am glad that I was exposed to Malcolm X. I was, I'm glad that I was exposed to um, Spike Lee films because they laid a foundation for my blackness and yes. what, what's expected of me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw Malcolm X, I knew that I wanted to be a strong, assertive, and uh, authoritative, well-spoken um, black man. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be rooted in something. And most of all, I wanted to be rooted and proud of my blackness. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I was exposed to that book. I don't know who the hell gave me that damn book. Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that I was uh, um, um, exposed to that movie. I'm glad that I was exposed to seeing a multi-dimensional, multi-layered black people, black families, mm-hmm. yes. because it made me, ins- and, and I was inspired that is what I want. That is what I need to be in the world. Because if I was only in, um, exposed to boys in the hood, or, or, or um, what is the other one? Minister society. That would, oh. that would have been problematic. Yes. And in my home, we were not allowed to watch a lot of these black films mm-hmm. because whether a lot of people um, don't believe it or not, there is this prejudice and there's this bias when it comes to black Americans mm-hmm. and um, black people outside of this country. I agree. Mm-hmm. And in my home, it was like that. And in Panama and in and uh, Arab countries, wherever you go with black people exist, mm-hmm. nobody wants to be African-American. But everybody, everybody wants the benefits of being African-American. I don't know if that makes sense. That's mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That. So it's a very parasitic relationship. Yes. So yeah. in, in my home, we perpetuated that. We were told, because the images that we were provided were of boys in the hood were of menace to society. And we were told that that is what black Americans are. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is not true. I, you know, and that's why I went on my own personal journey for my blackness and discovered, you know, an African-American beautiful black man in Malcolm X and many more people. So I, and that's why I'm glad that I was exposed to a plethora of movies because if I was only exposed to men in the society and movies of that nature, it would have been perpetuating the false narrative of what Black Americans are. Amen. Definitely. Hundred percent. That that you know I I I'm, I'm grateful that that we have films that showcase and highlight um, Black people in, in in power because you know that them films are important to see us in power positions. 
in movies and content because you know they always want to put us in these roles that are stereotypical the game banger drug dealer you know convicted yeah. felon so so films that were, were created to highlight the excellence of black people like Malcolm X um I enjoy because I want to see more of that and I think more of that it, it, it would be it's empowering seeing absolutely like absolutely and even the struggle and the abuse and the mm-hmm. uh, and the drugs of uh, of Tina Turner and what love got to do with it. Oh that, yeah, that's that was and hard to watch. That was yeah. hard. It was hard. And, but it shows you that the black a black woman or a woman can go through all these things and still come out triumphant. The resilience. Oh, yeah. be, yes. be resilient. Be yes. powerful. Stand firm in something mm-hmm. and push forward and still be successful because of her struggles and that actually you know just to add to that you know that begs the question you know of our as a as a community and as a culture you know do we need to well the answer to this is yes but do we need to do a better job of protecting our black women so that they don't have to go through the types of things we see depicted in films where they have to continue to be resilient and continue to continue to come up against adversity that we should be doing a better job of protecting them from you know you're what damn, i mean you damn right because there was right. no reason why anyone um tina turner should have gone through what she went through and once again tina turner's story isn't unique to her Absolutely. she's she's just one of the many women yes. that this has happened to and yep. she just happens to shed light on it mm-hmm. there's no reason why those things should have happened someone should have uh, stepped in and should have yeah. protected her it's very much a cautionary tale and doing a better job of advocating for the backbone of our of our community which is mm-hmm. black women yeah yes and i took you know and for me like the, the her story for me that was a, what i took from it was that she had may have been bruised but she was not broken because she came yes. out stronger and better than before like what she went through helped build her character and who she is today a successful mm-hmm. woman who you know who embodies what i think a black queen should you can yes. go through your struggles and you can go through your ups and downs, but still come out triumphant like a queen and hold yes. your head high. And I and I love her story. I, I love the, that and, she had Angela. Angela was tasked to, to play this role. But Angela is a queen. And so buying it and bring it to life was 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 aligned. It was her. But that's story. what's happening with this generation. A lot of them they don't have those inspirational films like we do. They don't have that good music, mm-hmm. inspirational music that we do. Okay. A lot of the stuff that this generation have in terms of movie and music and um, visuals is process garbage. Yeah. yeah, I am glad that me and a group and a generation of black men were exposed to Malcolm X, yeah. to to um Mr. Part Potier, Sidney Potier, yeah, you know oh, Harry yes. Delafonte. Mm-hmm. Be strong. I, I remember seeing Sidney Potier in the heat of the night. Oh my <laughs> God! In the heat of the night. Oh, oh no, you did it. <laughs> And do you know when I was 17 years old, I smacked the police officer, and I'm only here today by the grace of God. What? Because yes, yes, this is a different story. But I was trying to copy Steve, uh, Sidney Poitier. But I, because again, I had this self-respect and this dignity that I saw on stage with Sidney Poitier in the movie, and mm-hmm. I wanted to personify that. Mm-hmm. 
there yeah, was a literally. power. <laughs> there was a power that Malcolm X had that didn't come from being a, a politician. That didn't come from being famous. It came from his DNA, from his ancestors. Mm -hmm. That I wanted to personify and want to personify. You know, these are the things. You know, good trouble. The, you know, Sydney Party was getting in good trouble when who's coming to dinner and he was a black oh, guy dating the white woman. Look, look, you know, look at these things that we were exposed to. We were exposed to culture. And I think it was purposeful. Yes. These kids purposeful. nowadays are being exposed to malarkey, for lack of a better word. Oh, and, yeah. and I feel sorry for them <laughs> because they don't have strong black male, female images that are multi-layered but resilient and strong and assertive and powerful and authoritative. Mm -hmm. They have caricatures of what it is that we grew up with. And it's just like, damn. Yeah, it's sad. You know, they, like, they, they don't get the experience. They didn't get the opportunity to have and experience those, these leaders that we got to witness on screen, on film, um, mm -hmm. and on TV. Like, they, they, this generation doesn't have that. And it's unfortunate no. because, because, you know, what they have, they have to look at it as, it's inspiration and it's not inspirational yeah. at all. So it's it's very sad and disheartening, heartening to see this because the generation going up are going up, you know, really shitty. Yeah. Honestly. And actually, I do want to ask, what do you guys? So because we had, we had the films and some of the TV shows, which is you know that's another another episode, but you know that we that we had, what is something, because we, you know, we are dealing with a, a much smaller pool of impactful and meaningful television and movies, um, you know, in comparison to what we had growing up, what are some movies or even TV shows that you guys feel that kind of make you feel a little bit of what we felt when we saw those films and TV shows for us as black men. Today? Today. Damn, you asking me to go to the landfill and find a gold. I mean, you can yeah, even, even one, like if, oh, you, if one comes to mind. Black Panther did it for me. Yeah, that okay. did for me too. That's my, yep, me that's too. my ship. That's yep. my hero film. I love that yep. movie. We it was all, empowering. Yeah. Like, he really did. That movie right there just said, said it for me all. Like, that was what I wanted to see. Never, I've never seen a black superhero. So for us to get a film yes. that honors us and honors, honors a black superhero that way, mm -hmm. I, the right way. Because yeah, I the thought right that way. they were gonna. I thought because I know Wakanda and I know Black Panther from the comic books, and I thought mm -hmm. that yeah. they were gonna represent us like Twelve Years a Slave or like Roots, mm -hmm. this poor that. African yeah. country. Go 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 go. And I love. They said no, the, not today. Not today. I <laughs> love the blackness. <laughs> in Black Panther. Yes. It made you proud. And it's, and it's the same thing that this generation of people, like the Asian people are feeling when they saw Shang-Chi, mm, which is important mm. as well. But I, I can't think of anything else. Before no. Black Panther, there was nothing inspiring me. Do you have anything else? So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I just have, so Black Panther, because we all like that I, I know y'all can't see me right now, but Wakanda forever. But so these are two things, two, and they're two shows. So I love, and it's, it's you know, they've, uh, you know, ended their run at four seasons, but Dear White People was really okay. impactful for me. I really liked it. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it, none of the shows today 
are the same energy from the 2000 or excuse me the early 2000s and the 90s and the you know what i mean so it's yeah but um dear white people for me i can see and that. insecure for me I insecure what is just because there's a feeling for me of like i just love bathing in the blackness and the nuance of blackness Ooh, I like that the way you said that. is that is in these shows for me and that's one of the reasons like you know, and, and so in our, we have a little group chat together and I'm always like, I'll be I'm like, insecure, insecure. And Jasper's like, I have not seen that show. I Isaiah, seen my it. God. <laughs> He's I like, have. I do not know and what I, you're talking about. What you're saying but, is correct though. That, 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 you, I, I see that there. Yeah. I don't, I don't see shows. it. I mean, we compare, I don't see. Well, I know you haven't watched, yeah, that's why. I haven't, watched, yeah, well, I, why, I haven't yeah. watched it and I've seen, but I've seen clips and I, I, mm-hmm. I don't, we comparing it, comparing it. From the from the nineties, early two thousands, mm-hmm. I don't see the parallel. Well, and just for that's for me. I think that's I'm, it's personal to each that. person. Yeah. yeah, not for you know for someone. It might be different totally. Like for you, like it's it's totally different for you than it is for for me. So mm-hmm. for me, you know, it's it's some kind of remnant energy. You know what I mean? Where I can watch it and I can I can enjoy and sit in that. You know, like and it be relatable for me. But for for you. Or for Theo, it might be totally different. It might be like, okay, this is this is my journey. You know, I don't see that in that. I see it in a different way. Um, but for me, those two just kind of, you know, I I I like it for insecure. For me, it's you know the placement of you know black artists and the the black millennial stories, you know, and the black millennial friendships and stuff like that. And also, you know, like I'm not from LA, so that's a very specific. You know, yeah. experience. You know, to, to be black and different. from LA, they love it because of that. Yeah, it's very LA. Yes, and that, that's another. It's a very specific, you know, black experience. For example, like where living single was being black in in New York City. Woo woo. Right. So, like, that's it's all very specific experiences. You know. Oh, what by I the mean? way, talk about living single. You know, I was not allowed to watch the Cosby Show. Wow. Really? Yeah, why? That's it. Yeah. I was maybe my parents were picking up on something that I didn't see until <laughs> people didn't see until now. But I in our home, again, black American culture wasn't prevalent in my home. So uh-huh. I didn't grow up watching Bill Cosby until later on in my life, until about 15, 17 years old, or maybe a, a little older. And mm-hmm. I started saying, oh, wow, this fun, this show is fun. But I didn't grow up watching Bill Cosby and mm-hmm. Felicia Rashad and these people. And like a lot, like a lot of people did and got oh, that yeah, image. Well, don't feel bad. Well, don't feel bad because clearly, you know, a lot of people A lot of people will always tell me, oh, you're, you're Theo, like Theo from the Hustables. I'm like, who the fuck is Hustable? Yeah. And who yeah. did, when I saw it, I put, I got it together. I think I, I, I was able to watch the reruns on like TV land or something like that. I spent weeks, months, years just watching and, uh, uh, you know, ab- absorbing all of that culture. And mm. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this show is not for me. It was for me. I mean, I was never a fan of the yeah. Cosby show. I was always a fan. I'm a, I'm a, I was a fan of Good Times. I was a fan of, you know, what's happening. I love Good Times. The Jeffersons was like my thing. Like, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Shows. Like, I, I mean, Cosby was a great show. It, it, it showed black people and, you know, in, yeah. in a middle class, nice family. You know, yeah, I got it. But it yeah. wasn't for me. I didn't connect with it. I, I didn't just no. connect with like it. Like you didn't relate to it, yeah. 
you know, I, in my home, we grew up watching this TV show called Que Pasa USA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like que a pasa. <laughs> it was like a, a Spanish, um, a Latin family in America. But once again, the people on the television didn't look like me. Uh, were they white was, presenting Latino? Yes, I was but, actually going to say that. Were they? But their, but yeah. their, the, their experiences I could relate to. But then I will look at shows like The Cosby's and movies like Waiting to Excel and things like that, and I will see people like me. Mm-hmm. So it, it was this mind fuck that I wanted the people from K Pasa USA to look like the people from Waiting to Excel and The Cosby's. And, and that's have, on colorism. And have those experiences <laughs> that they were, I was mm-hmm. seeing in Que Pasa USA. I couldn't relate also to the jargon that mm-hmm. I was um, um, hearing in, um, in Malcolm X and then I was hearing in Minister Society or mm-hmm. even hearing in Higher Learning because oh, I didn't grow up learning. with that jargon. And I was just like, oh, okay, I don't speak that way. And that's mm-hmm. why also I gravitated so much to Martin Luther King. Martin Luther, Martin Luther King and... um to um, Malcolm X, because I found something that I could relate to, the fact that he was a black Muslim, just like me, mm-hmm. and that I- ding, 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 ding. <laughs> What did he say? He said, ding, 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 ding. I could relate to it, and that was the avenue. Thank God that was an avenue there. And then you said, I wanted to speak like this black Muslim. I wanted, and if I, if I didn't understand the jargon, how can I get to understand this jargon? That's why I studied. Like I'm, I studied Malcolm X in a way that I didn't study the other, um, you know, other films and other things that were exposed to because I could not relate. Like mm-hmm. Denzel Washington in that soldier movie when he was getting whooped, um, I couldn't relate to Denzel Washington because, you know, I just couldn't. He was in Hurricane also, which was a good movie, oh, but yeah. I couldn't relate to the African-American culture of it all the experience of it yeah because i wasn't right. raised in an african-american culture right. i don't come from an african-american culture yes i am black a hundred percent but my culture is something different so that's why you know and these black films and once again that's why i get the cosby's i get good times i get the purpose of these black african-american tv shows and movies and i understand it and i embrace it and mm. i benefit from it Right. Mm-hmm. It's very true. It's a beautiful thing, but you know, and a lot of people don't like to speak about that because it's, it's sometimes it's weird. But I've never seen Latin American um, Latin American television shows or Latin American movies, and I've related. In my home, we watch a lot of telenovela, mm-hmm. and I could not relate to anyone. And you know where I saw myself in telenovelas? I was the slave in the telenovela. Mm. I was the servant in the telenovela. The black people were the thieves in a telenovela. They played not even a background role. Mm-hmm. They played a, a significant role. Everyone in the telenovelas looked like Shakira, Mark Anthony, mm. and Jennifer Lopez. Mm-hmm. I've heard that, um, not, not even just heard, I, I, before many a times. Um, and that's, you know, I, I really feel like we could do an entire... Stay tuned, guys. Uh, it might be coming up with an episode on colorism soon. Oh, um, God. Because... Oh, bing, bing, bing. <laughs> oh, God, no. Uh-uh. It Because co- it, it, mm. it really does, like, like pop up in, like, not even just, not even just uh, Black culture, but in Latin American mm. culture, Latinx culture. You know what I mean? Like, it, it really 
it presents itself like more often than right in your face you know yeah it may does it's true you know and we've seen it like i said you know um we and we've you know and it's sad because you know like i said colorism does exist and Mm -hmm. just like you said in in the latin culture it exists as well so you know um uh it's just you know Colorism is just uh, <laughs> colorism is ugly. It's very It's hard to talk yeah. about, but it it's is. ugly. It is. It is. It is. And that's why I'm very proud of African American culture, even though I am yes. adjacent to it. But through osmosis, I I have experienced it, and I'm proud of the mm-hmm. work that African American people did in this country so that I can come here as my black ass and benefit from those things because African American culture helped me understand my blackness. African-American mm-hmm. um, culture helped me take pride in my blackness. And if it wasn't for that, I'll be walking around here calling myself Latino and I'm black. <laughs> no, no, seriously. I'll be walking around here calling myself Arab instead of black. But African-American, that's why we have to uplift African-American culture, mm-hmm. African-American people, because they have, and, and Haitian people because they make you understand the root and the beauty of being black. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No matter where you are, whether you're black in Latin America, in Asia, or Europe, or in um, um, the Middle East, you are black first. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there's this erasure that happens. Even in the films, you have black Arab people, and they don't see themselves in the films. You have black European people and they don't see themselves in the film. Again, this isn't unique to Theo. I'm mean, sharing right. an experience based on my own anecdotal-ish. And, and that was always, that's always been my issue. And that's why representation is important and the appropriate kind of representation. Yeah, definitely. The pro- yeah. Appropriate yeah. I could have been, been sitting right here being CeeLo Crip Theo yeah. <laughs> if I was exposed <laughs> only to all that shit. Yes, you know, I definitely really like the uh, appropriate kind of representation doesn't matter because I never forget when they did that biopic on Nina, Nina Simone and they had Zoe Saldana oh, play yes. her. Play her. I was so, I was so Zoe Saldana is a I was, black woman. She's not an African-American woman. No, and, and I was so pissed because she's not an African-American woman. She's not black and she's not even, no, she's not. She, it didn't make sense. She's a no, no, Zoe Zaldana is black. No, she's black, but I'm saying Nina Simone is a dark skinned woman. Yeah, right. It's light skinned. That didn't make sense at all. The, the colorism of that. Then the they had, and then they had the audacity to put her in a fat suit. And then they, then they put um, blackface on her. Yeah, to match the pigment of Nina Simone, which is very and God knows I love incredibly Nina Simone. Yeah, Nina Simone's a queen, an icon, a legend should be treated absolutely, and not disrespected like that. And it really, I I yeah, that was, that was total disrespect. And Completely. mind you, you could have gotten, you could have gotten a British black person. You know, British black people can play anybody. Oh yeah, British black, a British black man can play me in a movie. And they'll be convincing. <laughs> oh, 100 percent Because they they just be knowing. They like, just so good, but they, they that was such bad casting and again hey, erasure. Yeah. Because hey. Zoe Zaldana could have been dark, like dark complected like myself. Uh-huh. And Zoe Zaldana could have been an Afro is an Afro-Latina, but uh-huh. she's on a lighter shade. Of lighter, black. very light. Right. And, and, and it's very dark. So and the represent the the representation of you know of color of the melanin itself is very important as well. And I'm glad you brought that up, Jasper, yes. with the, that casting, because people don't realize, it's very similar to, you know, when, when 
you know, we begged the question to Hollywood, like, okay, you can't just throw an actor or actress in a role, especially a biopic, and say, oh, okay, well, you're a similar ethnicity, mm. so you're adjacent enough, Definitely. but you're also adjacent enough to whiteness where it makes everyone comfortable going to see the film. Exactly. It's erasure. It's erasure. Yeah, and yeah. that's a problem for me because it's like, you know, it's a problem for all of us because it's the same thing where, okay, let's, let's, let's pose the idea that someone just, you know, in 20, 30 years, someone just goes, oh, let's, you know, let's cast, you know, Theo, Jasper, and Isaiah, you know, and, you know, who's going to play them? And they just some light skin motherfucker. Some light skin oh. for the uh, dark skin uh, man for me because we all know I'm red bonus fuck. And then like, and then you know like a light skin, like super light skin person for for Jasper. And it's like that's mm-hmm. not representative of, not of us. Or 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 yeah. they would cast three white three white men and then dark face. God getting forbid, Lord. <laughs> for me. Now you done said it. Now. Who's a white white presenting Latin person? Because of my Latin Harry, um, ancestry, and they'll try to erase my blackness. They'll get some blonde hair, blue eye, oh God. Latin hey, person, have, uh... and call him Theo Fox. Yeah, and, and, and give him dark face, give him some dark makeup, and, 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 and give yeah. him a little tan to see. Yes. You know, this was Theo when he was in the summertime. Absolutely not. Theo <laughs> yeah. is black. Oh, yes. Theo is black, black, black as fuck. Okay. And again, they play with these nuances now in television and in film and in movies and in all this and TV shows. And these young people don't get the appropriate representation. Not at all. Everything that was done in the 90s and duplicate it. Yeah. Because these kids, because I feel sorry for this generation. They don't have the appropriate gender. They don't have the appropriate representation. Because I didn't have the appropriate representation. Again, I live in 2021. I am a dark-skinned Black man. I cannot sit here and tell you that I am Latino. I am not black. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am cannot tell you I am Arab. I am not black. That kind of thinking is dangerous, and it erases the Africa in my DNA. Yes, mm-hmm. and that you said that right there. Why are why is the world and its different facets and different spaces constantly trying to erase the Africa in our DNA? in our representation in the media why why is that why is blackness being represented a problem what's not as be- what why is there there a lack of beauty for people in blackness in relation to the beauty celebrated in lighter melanin or lighter skin tones what is that well, it's a that, good question. That's also a different episode. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a it's a very different episode because like yeah, we can yeah. go we can we go into oh, depth, yeah. depth into that because you have black people who don't think people who are from other countries who are black are black. So it's mm-hmm. a whole different. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it like it's a whole. Uh, no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> no, let's keep it. Let's keep it on the black movies that we yeah, like. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry, y'all. Before, before we get episode. off topic. Yes, but yeah, let's keep it on the. But yes, like you know, and I and I, I I I'm a musical person too, so I have my favorite, but like musicals I love singing that really like that really inspired my singing was Dreamgirls. That's my favorite. All the old favorite. one or the new one? The old one with Jennifer Holiday, of course. Oh, the original. Okay, they, they, there you go. You are a culture. Yes, man. you know I I love Jennifer Holiday. Is my is yes. an icon. 
and a legend. And yeah. I and when I heard her sing that song, like it gave me chills because this woman went to a place in herself to bring out the emotions of that song, and it really inspired me as as a singer to sing because I like that type of thing. I like to feel chills and goosebumps. And that story, the story of seeing three black women who become mm-hmm. successful. Oh, um, that's a nice way yeah. to end end the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. I um let's say what our yeah. favorite yeah. black musicals are. Yeah. So Jasper just said Dream Girls for yeah, obvious, Dream Girls. Yeah. <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> Isaiah, what's your oh favorite black musical? Favorite black musical. So okay, I'm gonna break the the queer mold, and I don't have a favorite black musical because I don't have a favorite musical in general. Oh, no, don't, no, no worries. <laughs> We're going to replace your ass in this podcast. Get out of I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I just, my husband's the musical person in this marriage. I'm my not. favorite, well, my favorite black musical is, um, uh, how would you call it? Ease on down, ease on down the road. The Wiz, yes. Wiz. The oh, Wiz. Okay, yes. I have seen The Wiz. I loved The Wiz. Okay. I right. saw The Wiz when I was 22 years old. And I said, what the fuck did, did I mean? just miss? <laughs> it was way better than Wizard of Oz. The I, Wiz was yeah, everything. And I saw good. that and I said, I missed this? What? And I, I, The Wiz just did it for me. The the oh, bra- the Broadway or the film? Which one? Oh, I like the, 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 the film because yeah. Broadway. I don't think I was around during Broadway. So you, I thought you were. You know, you are older, so I thought you were. Around. <gasps> oh, <laughs> Jasper, you know, oh, that was an interesting <laughs> turn of events. Isaiah, okay, you, you're back in. Jasper's getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was not expecting that. that fuck it, fuck him. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, oh, see man. you guys. See Great. you, everybody. See you later. See you guys, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Until next time. Until next time. Until next time. Everyone falls in love sometimes. Sometimes it's wrong. And sometimes it's right. For every win, someone must fail. But there comes a point when. Oh, hearts are often 
the winds 